Bill Show wish to thank our primary sponsors, the Mallon Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in exceeding expectations every time. The Roselli Agency. Brian and his team of insurance professionals have been serving the needs of Chester County for more than two decades. Anthony DeCecco and our friends at Tennis Addiction are ready to serve all your tennis needs at their beautiful facility in Exton, PA. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. Our guest this week grew up in a Wyoming town so small that the county didn't even need traffic lights. He's a real-life cowboy whose music is as real and genuine as he is. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show singer, songwriter, and Moorcroft, Wyoming native, Chansey Williams. Chansey, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Well, Chancy, it's it's our pleasure. It's we've been looking forward to this, and uh, we got so many things uh, that we want to talk to you about, and if possible, we want to get to those guitars in the background behind you too. So I know they <laughs> caught my partner's eye right as we were getting started. Um, but first, I wanted to pick up where Rosie just left off in terms of where you grew up in Moorcroft, Wyoming, which to me. It's one of the most beautiful areas of the country. Uh, I've been in 37 different states, and I, nothing ever impressed me more than when I saw that sign on I-90 that said, Welcome to Wyoming. And I spent time in quite a few places there. And I'm going to come back to one of those destinations a little bit because I need to get your opinion on something. But before I do that, what was it like growing up in Moorcroft? And when did music become part of your life? Yeah, you know, people from Wyoming, we're, we're very proud of our state. You know, it's uh, we're the least populated state in the in the union, so it's uh, it's and I think we're like the seventh biggest state as far as land goes. So it's a big state with uh, not very many people in it is kind of the way we like it. But you know, Moorcroft, my hometown, growing up had you know around eight hundred people in it, so it was real small. But my family, we ranch just outside of town, and so it was great getting to grow up there. It's, it's hard to explain to people that have never been there. And, you know, a lot of people drive through Wyoming and they might come through the Southern part and it's, you know, it's some of it's a lot of desert along the interstate. It don't look that pretty, but there's some spots in Wyoming. The majority of it uh, is real nice. And we've, we've begun to realize that with everybody moving out West here, but <laughs> we don't, we don't mind too bad, I guess, but it's, you know, the more cross up in the Northeast corner, it's a, uh, kind of the tail end of the Black Hills from South Dakota come into Wyoming there. And that's kind of right where our ranch sits. And so it's, it's unbelievable wide open spaces and no, nobody around, which is perfect. And yeah, there, I would, you know, needless to say, there's not a big music scene that comes out of Moorcroft, Wyoming, or let alone the great state of Wyoming. There's just not a lot of music that comes out of there. So how did well, you get involved in that then? Well, you know, I grew up ranching and, and rodeoing and, and that's all we ever did, really. You know, we would we were just ranch kids, me and my brothers, and we rodeoed, and that was the main thing. So we rodeoed for a long time and uh, started a band in high school just kind of for fun. You know, we, we thought we were, we were all on high school band and thought it would be fun to put together, you know, a live band to play country music and never really thought it would go anywhere. And so, you know, we would play from 
little things around fairs and dances and whatnot. And then it, it kind of started evolving where we got getting booked for a lot of stuff, you know? So I guess we were good enough to get, make some money doing it and play different places. And then, you know, it kind of got to the point where I was rodeoing a lot and I was also playing music a lot. So I had to uh, eventually make a decision on what I wanted to do for a career. I have a question for you. I mean, how did you make that choice? I mean, was it like, okay, rodeo, broken bones, music, pretty girls? Like what was the deciding <laughs> factor? <laughs> well, it was tough. You know, I, rodeo was always my main thing. You know, I went to, you know, rodeo since we were little, you know, five years old, all the way up through junior high and high school. And then I went to college on a rodeo scholarship. So I rode Saddle Bronx for Casper College and the University of Wyoming. And then rodeoed after college so like that's all I ever really knew and it's all I kind of intended on doing but at the same time I always had a band and was playing around at things but it got to the point where I you know needed to make a choice what I could do longer I guess and, and pick one and try to be successful at, at it because there was a time I was playing a lot but maybe not riding Bronx as good as I should have been and maybe the dates we were playing were taking you know the back seat to, to rodeo so my dad just told me one day, he said, just pick one of them you want to do and, and, and do it real good. And so I chose music because I figured I could do it a lot longer than I could uh, could ride Bronx because, you know, the, the rodeo is a young man's game and you can only do it so long before it's over. Definitely. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, now, Chancey, I uh, just had a quick question for you because we want to talk about kind of the next uh, phase of your career, if you will, but you touched on something when you were talking about Wyoming and just how beautiful it is, and, and especially up in that area where you are. And I remember taking a trip uh, and coming through in, in I-90 and, and coming through the Black Hills of Mount Rushmore and, and into Wyoming and visited so many different places, spent a week in the Northeast uh, entrance to Yellowstone. And, and I, that was actually in Montana, Gardner, Montana. But on my way back, I wanted to check out, they were advertising these 40-acre parcels in Casper. Oh, and yeah. I'd never seen anything like it. It was this entire, like, mountain with these giant PVC pipes with flags on them, kind of marking each parcel. And right. coming, coming from Philadelphia, I was like, wait, where's the other PVC pipe for this thing? Well, you're not going to be able to see it from here with the naked eye, you know, that type of thing. And I'll never forget, I was talking with the guy about the price and this and that. And where does the electric come from and all these different things? And I said, wait a minute. What about the winters here? How about the snow? He said, oh, don't worry about that. The snow yeah. bypasses us and just goes straight to Nebraska. So I have to know, is that true? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska's winters are not as hard as ours. I mean, I like people from Nebraska, but it's tough in Wyoming, you know. Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, we get hit hard, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons we're one of the least populated states, you know, in the summer, it's a, looks like a postcard, but in, unless you're ready for it in the winter, it's it's a little tougher, and, you know, nowadays with uh, everybody moving to Montana and Wyoming, they'll get a, a heavy dose of what the winters are like, because it's, it's not for the, for the week, for sure, you know, and, you know, we grew up in it, so it's, it's windy and snowy and cold for, you know, it could be nine months of the year, but the, you know, the summers are real nice. So like we, we, uh, we, we, we can stand those winters and, and live through them just for those three months of nice. So it's, it's that nice that summers are, are good that we deal with winter. Wow. And then you're outside all, you know, as a rancher, you're outside 
most of the time. That's where you do your work. So that must be really hard in the winter. It's not like you can just hop in the car and turn the heat on. Yeah, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's tough. You know, it don't matter how cold it gets or or whatever happens, those, you know, livestock needs fed. And uh, you know, luckily my brother's home. My brother gets to do more ranching than I do nowadays because I'm on the road, but uh it's it's tough, you know. They need fed whether it's sunny out or, or fifty below. You know, this this winter two days with the wind was fifty below in Moorcroft. It was cold, you know. I mean, and people that move out here from you know east or west coast want a little bit of paradise. It it's it's tough to get used to those winters because they're long and they'll wear on you, and the, the wind blows, and it's. But you know, we, we don't mind it. We grew up doing it, so. Right now, before I get to my next question about your music, I have a question. How did like you said you started with the rodeo at five years old? Okay. Because that's so um, foreign to me as a, an aunt. I don't have my own kids, but I, as an aunt, it's like, oh, be careful, you know, when you watch your nieces and nephews play. <laughs> and there you are, like, around the animals and getting on, like, to to do the Bronco. I mean, what is that like? How did your mother handle that? I'm curious. Well, um, you know, mom stressed a lot about his stuff. But, you know, when you're real little, you do those uh, events that are for kids, you know, maybe it's the mutton busting where you ride a sheep and. And then you do a lot of stuff on foot, but, you know, you're roping stuff. And then a lot of times families have a real gentle horse that you can, you know, do certain patterns in an arena. And so, I mean, you're not doing the rough stuff till you get a little older, but, you know, you're kind of getting, getting your feet wet as a kid rodeo. And so, I mean, they have all ages come. And then, you know, the older you get, you start getting on, you know, from when you ride sheep first, then you ride calves and you ride steers. And then after steer riding, you're probably about a, freshman high school you start riding horse you know bucking horses but it's it it's definitely super dangerous you know when I was when I was five I got knocked out by a sheep you know doing the mutton bus and got you know got put in a got put in the hospital and you know <laughs> it's one of those things it's it's kind of a dangerous life but you know we, we grew up in that that way of life the western way of way of life and so we dad did it you know and mom was around it so everybody just kind of knows the the fears of it as well Right. I, I wouldn't have thought that sheep were so dangerous, but but see, I'm learning. <laughs> well, they typically aren't, but, you know, it, it, anything can happen in rodeo. I mean, anytime you're dealing with, with wild animals, things can go wrong. How many broken bones have you had, Chancey? Well, I broke my foot once. I broke my hand once, but I was actually pretty lucky. I mean, I I got a lot of friends at rodeo that were hurt a lot worse than I was, but not, then I had a horse fall with me one time, Sterling, Colorado, and you know, kicked me in the head, but, uh, I, I think I made it through that. All right. But time will tell on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other, you have to be careful too, with, with your hands, you know, given the fact that you're playing guitar, you got to take care of those hands too. And those fingers. Yeah, I do to an extent, but that's, you know, why I hire a really good band. So if I get hurt, they can take over <laughs> for me. So. Well, speaking of back to your music, your lyrics and stories that you tell in your songwriting resonate with your fans. What inspires you and what's your songwriting process like? Well, you know, I just try to stay in my lane on, on songs I sing and songs I write. You know, I, like I said, I grew up in, you know, ranching, rodeo and the Western way of life. So those are the things I know about and the things that I can do. So I'm not trying to, you know, fake it. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times artists will, will, will put stuff out that they don't really know what they're talking about. Not all the time, but, you know, I just try to be true to who I am and and 
I think that's where the authenticity comes out is that like people know what I'm singing about and they can tell what I'm singing about from my lyrics. They're not fake, you know? So like, I can't sing a song about NASCAR or something in Georgia or, or wherever. Cause I, I, I've never lived those, that type of life or those places. So like for me to sing, you know, a song, even though I'm like NASCAR, I just don't know anything about it. I, I can't write a song about that. People know that I'm, I'm lying, you know, and, and, and that's what makes, I think artists on authentic, you know? So like, you can see through that sometimes we've always just tried to stay in our lane. You know, I sing songs that, you know, people that I know that are ranchers or cowboys rodeo and know, know that I know what I'm talking about because the lingo and the songs and it's, and it's real America stuff, you know, and nowadays with certain shows like Yellowstone and all those stuff about the West, people are wanting to live vicariously through things like that, whether it's the show Yellowstone or our type of music, they can put our stuff on and they can live that life a little bit through us the accurate way. You know, it's not maybe somebody from Nashville that's never experienced being on a bucking horse singing about rodeo. They, they, you know, it's okay for them to sing about, but they don't really know exactly what they're talking about. It's like me singing about something South or like a dirt road in Georgia or something. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about that. It's pretty clear, Chancy, that you know about that life that you've lived. And as Rosie said, your, your lyrics are so genuine and relatable. And I have to tell you, it was back in the early 90s that, you know, another uh, cowboy who also was uh, successful in the rodeo world, Chris Ledoux, is what drew me into country music. And his his lyrics, just like yours, they paint pictures. Yeah. And after listening to a few Chris Ledoux songs as a kid in the Philadelphia area, all I wanted to do was go to this place called Wyoming. And as yeah. I mentioned a little while ago, I finally got there. And another destination that I want to get to is something that you and Chris have in common. And it's pretty rarefied air in that you guys are the only two people who performed in the rodeo and performed on the main stage at Frontier Days. So what was that like and what went through your mind just before you're about to take the stage? Well, you know, we grew up rodeo in our whole lives. So Cheyenne's always been a special place to us because it's, you know, it's the biggest outdoor rodeo in the U.S. And, and it's the biggest stage you can play as an artist, as a singer. So like when I was riding at Cheyenne, I never probably dreamed I'd ever play the main stage. You know, our main thing was there. Me and my brother was to ride Bronx and, and rodeo and you know we'd go to the concerts at night but i never dreamed of playing that stage and then life took me a different direction down the music trail and you know we played the beer tent at cheyenne a few years and got asked to play the main stage with merle haggard and one of the committee members said that you know it's like you know there's only been two people to ever ride here and and play here and it's you and chris and it's like it was it's a cool stat to have but it doesn't surprise me that much because there's not not a lot of rodeo cowboys in music and and then uh you know to be the i guess the caliber of a rodeo athlete to ride at cheyenne they don't just let everybody in so like to be able to do both is it takes a special talent you know and i guess i was lucky enough to do both like chris you know and my dad won cheyenne in 1971 so we always knew we'd rodeo there someday because we wanted to be like dad but i never dreamed i'd play there and it's uh still amazing that the we get to do that and play at Cheyenne once in a while. It's a very special place to us. Well, you've had a lot of accomplishments. Congratulations on that. And in April, you had another great accomplishment. Talk to us about what your debut at the Grand Old Opry was like. I'm kind of a haze. I still can't believe I'm, I'm 
I'm here. Played music a long time on the road. You know, I think I've played music over half my life, so. All, the, all those roads to get to here today, I guess, is what it, what it meant. It's super special. And got all my family and I think half the state of Wyoming's here today, so. Words can't describe how we feel. <laughs> Remember like 10 years ago at Rally, I'd be like, someday you'll be playing with me at the Grand Ole Opry. Like, yeah. on, man. No way. <laughs> Chancey Williams. It was something else, you know, that's one of those stages if, you know, anybody in country music's always dreamed of playing the Opry. So, I mean, it's something we've always thought about and I would hope it would come someday, but I never really thought it maybe would, you know, we, we play out West a lot and we're not, you know, big, uh, you know, we know a lot of people in the South and stuff, but, you know, Nash, the Opry is a big thing in the South, but it's just such a iconic stage to play. And then, you know, when we got the call to play it, it, it felt really good, you know. We, we were sure honored to get asked to play the opera because, you know, you have to be invited to play there. It, I guess it was just kind of a feather in the hat to me and my band and crew that we've worked a long time playing music and we've done everything on our own. We really haven't had any help from anybody as far as Nashville goes to get us to the next level. It, I mean, we've kind of scratched for everything. So for us, it was like it kind of verified everything we've done the last 10 years. Like, you know what? people are starting to notice what we're doing and people do like the authentic music and it doesn't have to sound poppy and stuff like radio to play the opera. So it, it meant a lot to us, you know, and I, I told the band that night before we went on stage, like, you know, let's go out here. Not that they're doing us a favor. Like we earned the, the right to play here because we've, we've done it the hard way and we've scratched every, every inch of it, but it was still such an honor to get asked to play because it it's such an iconic stage. I like that chance. I have to tell you, there's, there's, there's another aspect of that night that I really respect and admire you for. And that is the fact that, you know, a lot of times when you're playing at the Opry, you're, you're playing with the house band behind you. Yeah. You wanted your band to play with you because, like you said, you, you guys had done this together. You've traveled all those miles and everything together. And you asked if if your band could play with you. What, what did it mean to them to be able to do that as well? Well, it, it meant the world to them, too, you know, and, and that's the thing when they ask, I, you know, and I understand, you know, the Nashville house band at, at, at the Opry is some of the best players in the world. No doubt they could have made the song sound just like the record. But, you know, there's no reason I would have got ever got asked to play there if it wasn't for all the work my band did. And we did all this stuff together. So, you know, we nicely asked, you know, we, we sure want to play it, but I'd sure like to do it with my band because I wouldn't be getting asked to play here if it wasn't for them, too. So. You know, and maybe down the road, if I play the opera again a time or two and the band can't make it in on a hectic week or something, I can fly down and use the Nashville band. But we wanted, you know, you only get one debut ever at the opera. And I wanted to make it special so the everybody that had put in the work with me, we all got to do it as a group that, you know, if we mess it up, at least we messed it up together, you know. So, <laughs> but we, uh, it was sure nice to the opera to agree to let us do that because they typically don't allow that. But, you know, we, I think we've proven ourselves as a band over the years playing out West and, and the shows that we played that we, we were capable of holding our own at the Grand Old Opry. But Chancey, you asked so nicely. Who could say no to that? <laughs> well, you know, I, we, we try, you know, that's, that's just, 
thing about being authentic, it's not hard to be nice to people and do nice things. So like, you know, sometimes it comes in return too. You worked with one of the best in the business, uh, Trent Wilman. And Trent, I believe, produced and co-wrote a lot of the songs on the album. What was it like working with him? Yeah, that was my third record with Trent. You know, Trent's awesome. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today without the songs that we've done together and recorded together. And he's produced. So he, he produces he produced the last few records for me. And Trent's great. You know, he's a cowboy from Texas, so he kind of gets what I'm doing. You know, we're not trying to we're not trying to sell something to the world that, that ain't true there. Again, the authenticity thing, like, you know, we sing cowboy stuff. Trent knows cowboy stuff. We write that. And so like, he's fun to write with because he gets the same lingo that I talk like, and he talks like, so he's great, you know? And yeah, we, I think we co-wrote uh, 10 of the 11, 10 of the 12 songs on there or something. There was only one or two on there. I'd wrote with a couple other guys, but the majority Trent and I had wrote together and, you, you can definitely tell the ones we write together because they're super cowboy. <laughs> Chancy, talk to us about your, I see an autographed guitar in the background for you. What is that about? Well, these are just some guitars I've had over the years. That one I had bought. And, you know, like uh, you always see these signed guitars with all these, you know, famous rock stars and singers on them and stuff. And I had that one signed by a bunch of world champion rodeo guys. So that's all rodeo guys on there that were just my, either I rodeoed with in the past or that I was looked up to as a, as a kid. So I would run into them. And as you know, we play a lot of rodeos. So once in a while at a concert, I'd see somebody famous like Billy Atbauer, who's, you know, one of the best saddle bronc riders ever had Billy sign it. And just people I looked up. So that's signed by all Cowboys. Oh, I thought uh, I was thinking maybe Bill and I would sign it if we ever came to a concert. Hey, okay. You can't <laughs> deal. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I rode a horse when I was in Yellowstone and my legs were, because the first time I had ever done it, my legs were sore for about two weeks after that, but I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, you, you use a lot of muscles riding horseback that you don't typically use doing anything else, whether biking or whatever. So anytime somebody hasn't rode for a while, including me, if I haven't been back to the ranch for a few months and go riding, I'm, I'm a little sore and I hate to admit that, but there's just certain muscles you use okay. riding that you don't typically use doing anything else. Chancy, what have you got coming up music-wise? Well, we got a we got a new single coming out on July 28th. It's called It Ain't You. It's a song I wrote with my friend uh, Jody Stevens. And then I think we got a couple more singles coming out. Uh, I was in Nashville last week, recorded. Uh, we tracked another eight songs. Uh, so we'll have those in the can. We're supposed to track again in, in, in October. So we got a whole bunch of music kind of ready to put out. We just put an album out in May. And so... But, you know, nowadays with the way music is and the fans, they want stuff so fast and they want new stuff all the time. So we're trying to appease that and record as much as possible and write as much as possible and just keep putting stuff out just to to feel their need of new music. And, you know, you never know which one's going to catch and go big or whatever. So we just keep trying new things and putting new music out. It's always good to be in demand. That's right. Yeah, and there's one thing I think that, you know, growing up the way that you did and with all that you're doing, whether it's with the touring and, and working on the new album and everything, is I, I don't think that hard work is ever going to be an issue. And it, it sounds like you're really putting in that work ethic in your music, just like you would on the ranch. And it's really paying off. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's just the way we've looked at this business ever since we started doing it, you know, as a career is like, it, it's a business. It's just like work, you know, it's like, 
people ain't going to take two weeks off of work here and there. So find something to do every day and work every day. Just like, you know, our ranch hands at home, they work every day, seven days a week. So it's not like you get a lot of days off. So I've always had that mentality in music, like, why should we have all this time off? You really shouldn't. If you're going to go for it, you got to put in the time. Right. You know, right. anything worth having is uh, is worth working for. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you see artists, things might happen for a little faster than they have for us, but things that come fast can also be taken away fast. So ours has been a, you know, slow, steady climb. And it's this last year is starting to be a fast climb, but luckily we've had the experience and all the foundation of fans that we've acquired over the years to, to be ready for it. You know, I would have hated to get a record deal 10 years ago, even though I probably wanted one at the time, we definitely weren't ready as a, as a group or me as an artist or my songwriting or recording. It takes a lot of time to figure it out, you know, and I just, I just always think the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. So it's working wow. out. Yeah. And you're prepared when the opportunities do come. Exactly. You're always right. Once your best foot forward. And I think we, I think the timing is everything too. And I think it's been a good year and I think the momentum is great for us right now. We can't wait to see what happens next. Well, neither can we Chansey and congratulations on all the success for you and the band. And we thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I sure appreciate it. Folks, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. One of these days, I'm going to take me a little time off. Maybe in between the summer and fall, we can slip away. One of these days I'm gonna build you that little white house A picket fence and a wraparound One of these days I'll get around to it I'm gonna do it All the things I say
I say No, I 